0: My guest today is Choi Skinner. Award-winning filmmaker Choi Skinner crafts a moving story about family love and new beginnings in the romantic dramedy feature A New Life. Skinner wrote, directed, edited, and produced the project under his Dark End Entertainment banner, which he formed in 2010. An independent film and media production company dedicated to creating high-quality film, television, and media content with a strong focus on redemptive, and empowering themes expressly related to the black community, a Brooklyn native Skinner first gained attention as a filmmaker for his award winning dramatic short brotherly love followed by winning Octavia Spencer's Facebook short film competition with his short, a second thought. He went on to direct his first full length feature film wingman incorporated teaming up with writer producer, Tony Germanario, uh, and actually, it goes on here for a little bit, but I've, I've looked at your IMDB and guys, if you want to hear me read everything, all of uh, Choices, accomplishments, it would end up taking up most of the podcast. So I'll stop here, <laughs> but he has been in a ton of incredible movies and TV shows, and you've probably seen a lot of them. So if you want to go to go to his IMDB, feel free. What's up, Choice? <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much, man. You honor me. Um, it's always funny to, to hear people uh, read your bio. It's, it's, it's such an unnatural thing to, uh, because the bios to me are very indicative of of, uh, of obituaries. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, as I've, gotten older, as I've gotten older, Doug, that's how I'm seeing it. It's like, you know, you start to list everything that you've accomplished and where you've yeah. been what you've uh, experienced and so it, you know I'm always honored first off for you thank you for having me on the show I appreciate that but to always um hear the the, the bio be read off it's like man you, I've done all of that and
0: you know depending on
1: <laughs> all the bio that that was a couple of years old it's like I've done more since then so it's, just, it's always funny to
0: hear it. Yeah. all that and more and um uh, not to sound morbid but um you know that wouldn't be a bad obituary so <laughs> uh but I no but I absolutely believe you've got I mean, just so much on the horizon, it looks like so much cool stuff coming up. This, you know, this 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 obituary is not done being written. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop, I'll stop calling it that. Well, uh,
1: yeah, like, always <laughs> we like let me add to that more. Let me keep adding to it. So <laughs> oh,
0: thank yeah. you for
1: that. That was awesome. I appreciate that. It's um, like I said, it's, it's always an honor, always an honor.
0: Um, And speaking of which, uh, you know, I just kind of like spoken around doing a little bit of my in- investigative research, you know, just trying to get some, to know some more about you. And I was finding all kinds of other interesting stuff, you know, aside from from your filmmaking career, which is kind of like. uh, Like, I think what, what, may, what most people might know you from, but uh, I read uh, that you owned a martial arts school in Georgia. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I owned and operated a school for about uh seven years. Oh wow. Um before I moved out to Los Angeles. And um a lot of those kids that trained under me and uh, men and women became black belts and they're living and leading productive lives. And I'm very proud of many of them. It's funny. Um I'm back out in Augusta at the moment to uh you know take care of my mom and uh build up the film community out here and a lot of those students. Relinked up with me all these years later they're 40 now it's just it's wild man just to see yeah. how that can in, in, impact and it affects people
0: is uh is georgia like the first place you moved after because i know you're from brooklyn is yes. that the first uh like the first place you left new york to go to
1: yes yes my mom moved in uh to in um 1986 and then i moved a year later in 87 um, her whole whole objective, and you know, big love to my mom, and and always a shout out to her. Yeah, uh, she raised five sons in, in the projects. I mean, we lived down the street from Mike Tyson, and she oh, wow. always find a way to make sure we were going to be okay. And so that was part of her agenda, which was okay. I'm gonna move my sons out of the projects, and Augusta was the space. It was the place to go to.
0: You know, it's a it's kind of interesting that you would bring up Mike Tyson because I, I had kind of a silly question and I I, I feel like just as a little warm-up just to get to know you just just to have a little fun before we get into more like serious filmmaking type stuff I wanted to say like like a hypothetical just oh well uh, first I wanted to ask uh, what what martial arts style uh or styles did did you teach and uh practice
1: well I still um this is is 30. Nine years, it'll be 40 years for me in January coming up. I still teach. I still train. Uh, I <laughs> I started in um, traditional Shotokan karate under Dyron Jackson. Um, and then I learned kickboxing and boxing and Wing Chun and jiu and Ninjitsu. and ninjutsu And I, I was just on a path of wanting to know everything that I yeah. could learn. Yeah. know, so I'm more structured now in what's called Bojuka under Tom Schrenk. And it's a self-defense, it's a pure self-defense system. And um, you know, I'll dabble from time to time in the Jikundo aspects, Wing Chun and Kali Squemma. So yeah, I did a lot.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had the opportunity uh on a film to get to do any kind of mar- like martial arts acting?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um I, when I when I moved to Los Angeles, I moved because I was in music and I was working for an RB artist who shall remain, make, remain unnamed. <laughs> okay. Um, out there you can look it up and, and see but um he went bankrupt that's why I don't want to talk about his name but anyway mm-hmm. he went bankrupt and so I had to transition I had to find a way to, to live and to to make it in, in Los Angeles so I moved out there I, I didn't want to you know leave the not have anything for my time there so I got into stunts and oh uh, cool Ar- that's awesome yeah Ar- you know, uh, the world-renowned Art he's a fight coordinator stunt coordinator and director uh he was my men- mentor, and uh, he was the one that kind of told me that I needed to learn how to act. He actually just said, "Kid, you suck as an actor. You just," you <laughs> know? and I said, "Okay, no problem." And I got into acting, but I I found myself doing a lot of martial arts yeah. on projects. And the Hill and Brand brothers they hired me. One of them was studying under me, uh, David. So they would hire me for any time they had an action film or film where they needed martial arts. I was there to go to guys, so it was awesome. All
0: right, let's let's go into a, a hypothetical just for fun. Um, let's say let's say hypothetically you were you were invited to a purely just for fun martial arts exposition match. You know, no grudges, nobody's uh, you know, in there like angry. It's it's all like uh, and all the proceeds go to your favorite charity, so it's for a good cause. So that you know, <laughs> so it's so you got a lot of good reasons to be there. Uh, but. I'm going to name some random people and you say whether you think you could uh defeat them in martial arts combat. Does that sound okay. fair? <laughs> okay. Um I guess like maybe just to like make it sound like just for full uh continuity or like understanding, let's just say it's uh 3 rounds of 5 minutes. So okay. endurance okay. is involved. Um let's start off with uh Steven Seagal.
1: Oh, he's going down. He's going down. <laughs> I'll just let really? him chase him for, for all the.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, 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 I love watching uh, these the videos that you can find out there of Steven Seagal like doing uh, a keto that's just um, completely fake.
1: <laughs> Listen, let me let me explain something to you. I grew up in the eighties mostly. Um, yeah. 80- in the 90s was my eras pretty much and he you know I watched his movies man I went and saw his movies I supported Steven Seagal's movies they were they were great oh yeah yeah they were martial art cats that I knew that were in it so I enjoyed his movies um I can't speak for his his you know they they call it MacDojo nowadays but you know (laughs) I can't speak for, for his training or anything but you know there is a you know when you're dealing with traditional traditional martial arts. I'm not talking about self-defense. I'm not talking about MMA or anything. Yeah, there is a level in traditional martial arts where you still have to be able to breathe through your your techniques. So yeah, <laughs> physically you got to have something going on.
0: Yeah, I will say this. I I, I don't want to just completely be uh, you know uh, making fun of it, but you know because because uh, definitely like shout out uh, under siege. Uh, Glimmer Man, like he had some really great films oh, uh, yeah. in that era, yeah. but yeah, no, one hundred percent, he's going down in the first round submission. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, next one. This is gonna be. I I am really curious how you feel about uh, how you do. You got three rounds, five minutes. Uh, Jackie Chan. Oh
1: well, Jackie Chan has never really been a, a competitive fighter.
0: He's yeah. never really. Been. And so,
1: but I would love to just go hands to hands with him because I would I would love to see Pete fight traditionally out of the out of the forms that he was trained in. You know, because anytime you fight a guy, you know you you find out okay, yeah, their whole foundation falls apart. They they're not fighting out of the traditional system. So I'm (laughs) I'm an old school guy. I love fighting out of out of the system. You said if we if we're doing Wing Chun, we're gonna go Wing Chun. So. Jackie may he may get, he may get me if he stays within the system because it's, it's he's more refined and older than me. I don't know. I I, I may go down on that one.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, cuz I guess we didn't really put in this uh additional element that like let's say we're adding a rule, you can't fight outside of uh whatever system. So, yeah, okay. And I I I just saw Jackie Chan's latest film and he's he still got it, man. He's he still got the stunts. You know, he's he's really uh he's a tough dude, man.
1: Yeah, so, yeah I don't
0: know that I feel like I feel like maybe that's a, that's a toss up. That's a, that would be a good one to bet on. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if I fought, I mean, because I did wusu and uh, some Shaolin. So if I fought within the system, he probably he probably take me down a little bit on that one. We fought yeah. within the system. Definitely.
0: Yeah, or uh, what's that that uh, drunken monk style that he's got?
1: Yeah, drunken monkey, drunk. Any drunken <laughs> style, drunken style. He'll,
0: you know. It
1: it actually would probably be a good thing for him too because he's older so he can move slower and you know yeah. break that
0: <laughs> uh all right this next one. I'm I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Uh Chuck Norris.
1: Oh man, I I man, Chuck would go down. Now in his prime, that's a different story. But yeah he had a double hip replacement, man. Come on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You know he he's, he's he's at that age now where he, he doesn't have more man. But I watched him too coming up. He was one of my favorites.
0: I mean, yeah, and he also like you know studied under, under Bruce Lee. He's got a great a great background. But we're talking about three five minute rounds. He doesn't have the endurance to to go hand to hand with you for three you know th- for probably three minutes. So yeah. sorry, sorry, it. Chuck. <laughs>
1: now now somebody who who to me still to this day an age in his seventies. That's impressive. is super for Bill Wallace. He still teaches seminars, yeah. And he, yeah, man, he's he's phenomenal to watch at that age and still kicks head levels. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. I I used to be able to do head kicks, and I've just I've lost so much flexibility. It's actually one of the one of my big projects coming up, like just in the near future, is trying to regain that kind of flexibility because there's no I don't there's no reason that I should be this stiff. It's just I've just gotten more sedentary. Yeah, That's <laughs> but what happens,
1: yeah, family life. But I tell you what, just um, I always tell guys, you know, order you a stretch machine. You know, they they have them. They're cheaper now than they used to be back in the day. You know, yeah. the arcade crank ones. Um, and and just get on the carpet, man, and roll the ball back and forth to the dog, or you know, uh, play with the family, man, and you'll be back to 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 full flexibility
0: before you know it. Yeah, hell yeah. And in the meantime, I got, I still got a pretty good leg kick. All right, let's yeah. uh, moving on. All right. This one, uh, I'm also curious because, you know, it's been a while since I've seen him do anything. Uh, Michael Jai white.
1: <laughs> I know Michael personally. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: Michael is still training. He still does his thing and stuff. Um, you know for me he's got to go he's got to go he's going down bro. he's going
0: down okay (laughs) i figured he's you know he's got a lot of power and he's got and he's he's flashy but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can you know he can go the distance yeah well
1: the thing is is he loves he loves you know he trains a lot of these guys too man i mean they pay him top dollar to come out and train and coach him uh he he is a a a man of the industry and a man of the arts he loves it yeah then uh, and people love him. I mean, you know, when you think of a black martial artist, he's the first person that comes to mind. Um, you know, very decent, very grounded brother, man. And um, trains hard. Uh, even his wife, his wife trains with him. They train together. It's crazy. I used to watch Most them. At the- yeah, she trains with him. So, um, but, you know, it, it, it's at his age, man, he's still doing it. It's it's just it's incredible to watch, to see these guys. But, you um, yeah, I, there's, you know, he's got multiple systems. I got multiple systems. More than likely, I'm <laughs> I'm, in I'm it quick because he, you're right. He does got a lot more mass on me. So, you know, I, I've never been a person who is stuck on weight class. I believe that, you know, whoever you are, man, bring it completely and, and, and show all that you got. Doesn't matter what the weight class is. That's why I grew up in an, an yeah. environment weight class didn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, man. Even though he's going down, uh, still shout out Michael Dry White because yeah, like like you're saying, uh, hardworking dude, and the camera loves him, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one, and then it's a curveball. Uh, this is I just <laughs> just I had to throw it in here just because uh, I know this dude. You know, recently received his black belt, and that's Jonah Hill. How how's it gonna go uh, with, with Jonah <laughs> Hill?
1: <laughs> black belt in BJJ. I think it's BJJ.
0: Yeah, that's his, uh, he had a black belt in uh, BJJ. Take
1: him even in BJJ. And I only had five years of that, of, of not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but just traditional ja- uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. I'd mop the floor with him, bro.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, so, Jonah. You're going down first round, first minute.
1: <laughs> fight with be to see him. And um, what's the guy uh, from from uh, Facebook and and, um,
0: oh, oh! You're talking. Are you talking about that fight between uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk?
1: Okay, throw, 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 Jake, throw Jonah Hill in that
0: yeah, Yes. I- yes,
1: I- that stuff, man.
0: <laughs> I would, man. I would pay per view to see uh, Jonah Hill beat the shit out of a billionaire, <laughs> and like drop some good jokes in there too.
1: All right, I man. if <laughs> he beat the other two, definitely. Uh, uh,
0: thanks. Thanks for playing my hypothetical uh fight round. I just, I had to ask. Man, once I found out that you taught martial arts, I was like, let's uh let's talk about some classic uh, fighters and you know where you think you stand. But uh,
1: all of them, man, love and big respect to all of them for paving the way for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I want to say, uh, you know, speaking of, like, of you teaching, you know, and spreading knowledge, uh, you were an acting coach for 12 years. And, you know, I assume that a lot of people came to you with, like, with a passion and a dream for acting. Uh, but what would you say is, like, the number one reason people give up on their dreams? And what, what kind of advice would you give to your students that were struggling?
1: Oh, great question. Um The advice would be to know that it's not going to happen on your time. It never happens on the time that you have plotted out. It's kind of like how when people are in high school and they plot out college and then uh, work, a job, and then marriage and whatever, like how it was back in the day. It's not like that now. Nowadays, everyone's all over the place with their dreams and their desires. But, um, you know, when I worked with people who came to Hollywood, and having one of the top acting classes, what I saw was that there was a lot of uh, uh, misplaced discipline. You know, discipline is key in regards to anything that you want to accomplish. You have to focus and then you have to have that discipline. And so most of them would come out to Hollywood. So you, you think about it Hollywood contains everybody from all over the world, not just the States, it's from all over the world. So you're bringing your family dynamics, your social dynamics, your community dynamics to a place that's already established and will grind you up. Yeah. You, you don't fit in the scheme of things. You have to adapt to the scheme of things. The, there's nothing missing in Hollywood where you provide it. <laughs> you see, so 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 you would have to, first off, cultivate something in yourself and build in yourself yourself. A sense of understanding your true power, but if you're coming out there with doubt and you're coming out there, with, you know, financial issues, looking for love. A lot of people are in the film industry and in the entertainment industry. Period, looking for love. They want validation. They want love. They want to be accepted. They, you know, they they want someone to to see them. And of course, um, being in Hollywood and and being in the film industry brings you that. But a lot of times, that's not what people want. I've, I've had I've had actors who I've coached to B plus A level status and literally leave the industry. They were getting TV roles, offers to films, and, and just stopped. Just literally stopped Just happened just recently. Someone who I found out who I coached for several years, uh, made it, if you you know when you use that phrase, and um just wasn't happy. So, you know, yeah. I think part of it that people have to know. This is what they've always wanted to do. Not that somebody, hey, you're beautiful. Someone, you know, tells you you should be an actor, or maybe you should act. You know, oh, you got it in you to be an actor. Or my family always said, you know, I was in front of the camera. That's those aren't those aren't valid reasons to start acting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I like what you said, man, a minute ago. Uh, I think you said something like, uh, "It doesn't happen on your time," or you know, like, does it, Did I say that right? Was that? what because it reminds me of uh it reminds me of uh, Samuel L Jackson cuz he's just s- such a good example of this and cuz he's so famous now and like so prolific but in my understanding it's like he didn't really get a, a role in a movie until kind of like in his late 40s and then eventually and I guess now he's he's holds the record of being in the most movies of anyone ever yes so but i don't know i just i think that's like it's a kind of a cool story is like you know no one had ever really heard of him or knew what he, who he was out of, in kind of out of the blue because, you know, you, they, they create this whole um, kind of like it's almost like a an illusion that like if you go to Hollywood if you're not, if you haven't made it at 22, give up or something, you know, some kind of bullshit.
1: Yeah, I mean it, passion can drive you far. Talent nowadays, not so much. It, it used to be a thing of talent without shine. Uh, all of the muck in the game, but with the advent of social media and you know different platforms, because I saw it in the music industry. I saw it, even Prince talked about it a lot. He said pretty, pretty soon you can do everything on your own and yeah. add that energy because it takes a lot of work to talk about yourself all the time. Any platform that you're on, any type of entertainment you're a part of, you're constantly talking, and if that's not your personality, it's not part of who you are to talk about yourself all the time because there is a level of narcissism and, um, and, 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 and hubris involved as an artist. Um, you'll fall by the waist because some people had that they had that they, they can, you know, post on Instagram all day 24, 50 times a day about themselves, and they can dress up later on at night, go to five events and come home and then start all over again the next day. Yeah. Um have that. So those are the people that are gonna that are gonna stand out. That's what the the social influencers are all about now. They they don't need to have talent. They can have looks or not even just have a, a quirky topic that people are interested in watching them talk about. And that's what's happened. So it's made it much more competitive. It wasn't always so competitive. It you take you had to be talented. Yeah. You know, in the 90s definitely. 80s and 90s you had to be talented. You had to train. You had to know what it was to to be able to deliver your lines. I mean, there's always a sense of working with people who are flawed in this industry that they'll promote, you know. The industry yeah. is very big on promote because they, you know, controversy brings, you know, brings attention and they like to talk about people who really aren't anything to help to anyone.
0: <laughs> you know, but Oh. and i think this you know what you're saying too this is actually one of the things that i think is a bummer in a lot of what's going on in the entertainment industry you know not just film but also music and other stuff too where uh like let's say someone is really talented but they're kind of an introvert they're in you know they could be perfect for a role they could be making they could be making incredible music but because they don't have that narcissistic drive to be on social media, constantly bombarding, you know, the the news cycle and whatever it might take, then yeah, they get kind of like overlooked. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, like I said, it's very competitive. And if, um, I'm, the number one issue that a lot of the actors that I've worked with has had has they, they haven't been able to get on the social media uh, thing because a lot of films now and a lot of, uh, companies, production companies in particular and studios, they look for people who have a strong social media following. If you don't have that, you may lose out on a job just because you don't have that. Um, so it, it, it's it's really uh, important that people understand if they're going to get into the film industry or if they're going to get into any form of uh, entertainment, that branding yourself is important because that's what you got to have, right?
0: Yeah, Um, I first learned about this from from a a friend of the show, Kristen Lumberg, and she came on and she was talking about kind of like her what's going on with her. And, you know, she's been, you know, she's having a lot of success. She was in a Super Bowl ad. So, you know, that's like good money and stuff like that. But she was talking about kind of the weird thing is that she's catching more roles off her TikTok than what her agent is getting her. So it's like. Like the, like the agents getting your roles, but the TikTok is what's like. I guess these uh, some of these uh, casting people, they're like they're on TikTok looking for you know what's there. I don't, I don't understand the logic behind that, but I mean, you know, like that was her firsthand account of that being the case in her career.
1: Well, TikTok, it's 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 very easy content, and it's it's quick content, and and. You know, how our minds work is we take a, a a image of things constantly. We're seeing things that we're taking in image wise. And so it's easier when it comes to seeing someone for a matter of seconds than it is to sit and watch a narrative piece or which is why commercials have always been good for some actors as well. But they could probably look and say, hey, that's the girl from the Super Bowl commercial. That's the girl from TikTok. So it goes back and forth. And so. That helps tremendously. I mean, my manager and I we were talking about TikTok just recently, you know. And uh, yeah. I, I I have a hard time just being consistent on TikTok, but you know, with the film, I'm making sure it's happening now.
0: Yeah, man. You know, I'm still not on there. I got, or I made one, but I've never posted anything yet. I just, <laughs> it's uh it's w- weirdly not. Uh, uh, it doesn't uh, like attract me like to, like the way I am like mentally. Yeah. You know, I just like I don't know what to do with it. Is that you know what I mean? I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, I I don't know. I don't have any ideas for this type of uh, media. <laughs> but you got to think, though, man, if you go back, it's like, you know, what if uh, instead of casting like uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather, they had like just, you know, got a TikToker in there. That would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was going to say, I, you brought this up a little bit earlier, Um. but you, you know, you've got kind of a Renaissance man thing going on. Yes. Uh, because you know, I like, I, I had read this, and then you mentioned it uh, that you, that you had been in the music industry before you made the jump to film and television. Yes, and and I think you c- kind of touched on it briefly. You made that transition because you were already out in LA, and you know, you you needed to kind of make a move. And so, I mean, was was stunts really like? Is that how you got into acting? Was truly through stunts? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, And and like I said, when Art Camacho told me that, I was like, you know, I was not offended at all. I I've never you know, I I'm always the type of person where I'm like, tell me exactly what you think about it and I'll make a a change and I'll make a difference. And so once I got into uh, stunts fully, I I really started to pursue the acting. Um, And it was a different time. Then I mean, it was a it was a very, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of work for for black actors um, at all. It was, and uh, let alone to be able to do what I'm doing now, that didn't exist. I yeah. I walked in, you know. Once I started writing scripts and um, producing and stuff like that, I'd walk in the offices and be laughed out at the office because they were like, "Wait a minute, you want to produce it? You wrote the script and you want to start it? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> get out of here, peasant!" You know. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, with the advent of um, cheaper cameras and just learning the process, I was like, "Well." I've never been one to wait on anyone and anything for anything. So I said, you know, I'll just go ahead and and, and I'll start creating. Um, but yeah, the acting was the next step after the uh, stunts because um, I, I fell in love with it and I, I enjoyed it and I didn't realize I like it that much. You know, I, I had such a high respect for it. Um, and just, you know, walking into an acting class and, and seeing, uh, hundreds of people consistently throughout the month because, you know, Hollywood would just filter people through and, you know, you were taught just go to an acting class, learn how to act. Yeah. Then big wigs from all types of agents are there and the pressure is constantly on, you know, and and so you're, you're, you're finding your way. And then I realized that the best way is to not have any pressure, you know, and take it as it's coming because it's not about you. Don't take it personal because every no, you know, every you no know, is a step further away from your objective, you want that yes, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool, too. It's cool. You had a mentor kind of kind of a situation. So it's like, yeah, I man, you could throw yourself through a window, or, you know, down some stairs. But like, you know, what if you uh, delivered a line after that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's very demanding. You know, a lot of times people think that actors are pampered. And, um, you know, they don't realize that the spiritual aspect that goes into being a, a person of uh, of uh, talent. You know, yeah. you, you I, I'm fortunate because I came out of music. So I knew what it was to sit in the recording studio and to have people sleep four days after they recorded a song that was emotionally taxing and draining. Um, so when I got into acting, I realized, man, this is the same thing. It, it takes a lot of energy from you. Um, not just physically, but, you know, spiritually, it's your, you know, your passion, your heart, your soul that you're, you're doing. So a lot of times people don't understand, um, what, what the actor's life is, but it is, it is very taxing. The being on set is very taxing. Um, and you, uh, you have to enjoy it. Like I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Like I was one of those people to tell the 80, listen, I'm going to be in my honey wagon or I'm going to be here. I'm going to be sleeping. Uh, you know I'm an avid sleeper so you know they could come and find me and they knew where I would be but there were so many people who I met throughout the years in, in the in acting world who were jaded and messed up people they shouldn't have even been actors you know it's just that they had an opportunity they got in and you know those idios grow because you had more money and more uh opportunity and and more people fawning over you so you can become more of an idiot you know yeah. but it, it's there i i met a lot of great people as well in the, in the entertainment industry so uh it's balanced you
0: and, and i can't you know i can't speak to the acting stuff you know other than like doing just like some improv stuff and some you know you know funny you know joke type stuff but not you know not real acting but i can speak to what you were saying earlier with the music because i spent you know years as a musician i'm kind of on a little bit of a hiatus right now although i think that's just about up i think i don't Do you ever get that that feeling, man, where you're like, you think you're done with something and then all of a sudden you're like, no, man, I'm not done with this. And that's kind of where I'm just now getting with music where I'm like, how could I be done with music? But uh, the thing you said earlier about uh, working with artists that maybe like. Like record a song that's so emotional or meaningful to, you know, and then it's like they need a four day like recharge. They got to go to like go to their room or whatever. Uh, I've never experienced that, but I had this thing that would happen to me pretty frequently, especially or particularly only when I had a really, really good show, like a live show that went great. And, you know, it was a packed audience and everyone was. uh, Everyone was like having a good time and I could tell people enjoyed the music. Yes. When the show was over, I didn't know. I didn't know where to go or what to do. It would happen to (laughs) me a lot. It would be weird, you know, like I'd go, you know, like sometimes we'd have to like load up the van, you know, and then I'd know, I'd know where i need to be for a minute, you know, if I was like, if I had to be with like my bandmates, but oftentimes like I didn't like, it would be some kind of situation where like I would just go like to my car and be like, I don't know where to drive this thing. Like, I don't yeah. want to go, I don't want to go home. <laughs> that makes it, you know, it's, it's like confusing. It's like once you put that much of your heart and soul into something and then it's over. Yeah. it's like what? What do you do with yourself?
1: Yeah, and and it's hard for other people, you know, average people. You know, that's what I call it—the phrase because you you're above average if you're doing stuff like that. You know, because it's very taxing to you. You know, it's very it's a driven place mentally to say, you know, this is the date. This is what has to be done. We got the writer. We got this. We got, you know, the set is going to be this. These are the songs, you know, and and then you do it and then you're like, man, and and you get that self-gratification. You get the audience gratification and you're like, what's next? Because that's really what it is. It's what's next. when you have been focused on something for so long. Um, and I'm going to tell you, it it, it it crosses platforms. It's not just the music, but it's in film as well. The set experiences, everything. It's everything. And then afterwards, boom, you got to, you know, that decompression moment where you're like, all right, man, that was great. We did, you know, 16 days or 10 days or 25 days and we did it. And then yeah. you're like, oh, next. And, you know, uh, I, I I remember music. The number one thing was like um, making sure that several days before the show was done that I would have another show set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you need something else to look forward to, man. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I had a, this is kind of a little off topic, but it's just kind of like, it's kind of why I'm kind of in stasis with it a little bit, because I, I had a like, kind of a, a band breakup type deal, which happens to everybody, man. That's part of music. That's what it is when you when you collaborate and you work with other people. But it was one of those things, like it kind of, it put, it put me in another kind of mood because I'd spent so much time with those Dudes, but all that time, all that time in that practice space and recording the songs and on the stage, and then we broke up, which is a, over a pretty fucking common cause, which was a, a money dispute.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, man, it just put me in a place where I was like, you know, I don't want to really be a part of this right now, and it's mm-hmm. kind of lasted for a while for me. And I don't, I don't know. Does that like? I feel like I've taken us off topic by by saying that, but I was wondering if that, like, that kind of stuff could also just kind of affect you like in, in the in in your industry as well.
1: Oh yeah. Well absolutely. You know, it goes back to that famous uh Brian Adams uh line from a uh, Sum of sixty nine, you know uh we had a band and we tried real hard. Jimmy quit Jody got married, should've known we'd never get far.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? Um it, it's it's tough because you're dealing with personalities, man. You have to understand yeah. the industry and I tell this to actors, I tell this to people who come to me for advice all the time. You were dealing with personalities. I went through that with the band thing for a long time, and it, it, it was very heartbreaking, man, to, to know what the vision is, to know what the assignment can be, and what the mission can be. But everyone else has other issues going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Girlfriend issues or boyfriend issues or you know, marriage issues or money issues or family sickness, or, You know, everything but what we're here to work on. And, yeah. and so <laughs> I found myself to be... Um, I, I, You know, I always tell people when I'm on the set and they they go, don't say that. And I say, listen, I die, pick it up, keep going. Keep going, pick up the flag and keep going. They're like, don't say that. And I'm like, you guys have got to understand where my mind is at in regards to completing things.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, very, very frustrating because I will tell you nine times out of 10, it is based on personalities and personalities clash, disagreement. Like I said, when people move to LA, a lot of times they moved with what they brought from their family dynamic. So if they if you reminded them of an uncle, all of a sudden they had a problem with you and you didn't know why. Or secretly, they were putting on you a lot of different things that you didn't know that they were putting on you.
0: Yeah. You know, they were a yeah.
1: <laughs> bro- mentor, big brother or little brother, and you're like, why is he talking to me this way? You know, why are they acting this way? Um, or being married and they would be married and have a and you couldn't understand why they were acting a certain way towards you,
0: yeah. <laughs> that was another you know. You know and that's the, the funny thing, man. Like, uh, just I guess, like, you know, it's part of like being a driven person, but you know, after all of this time, all the you know, working in the film industry and in the music industry, understanding what it's like and what you're going to have to put up with dealing with all these different personalities you still chose to make a production company <laughs> where you're gonna have to deal with it from the top and be kind of like you know you're where the buck stops and uh, so so now you're running your own production company uh darken entertainment uh so the questions really just uh why did you create it? How did you create it and uh, what's your vision for the future of the company?
1: Good questions um well, I created it out of necessity. Uh, it was a, ne- a very necessary thing. Um, I, you know, a lot of the films that I work on are films of redemptive quality. I like the, the whole redemption, uh, topic. I love that story of, re- you know, redeeming oneself or being redeemed. And, um, like I said, when I created it, there weren't many film companies, uh, making content of black, you know, um, that's always been a fight for me because i've been out the country and i understand that content is a very huge thing when it comes to how people see people and you know one of the problems that the black community has has always been on how we've been seen i've lived in several different states i've been out of the country and i see how people respond to people of color and it's primarily because of their perception of what they've seen prior. So all I've ever seen was rap music videos of black men, that's how I'm gonna perceive them. And that's what happened. Yeah. To Romania, they, (laughs) you know, I I can't go too deep into the story, but you know, I'm I'm dressed up in winter clothes and the dude throws his arms up and says, hey, you know, he's thinking that I'm (laughs) 50 cent, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then that's all that you know. When when you look at their channels, they got maybe five, six channels, and one of them was MTV. So the black people on MTV is how they see black people. If you're not African, then you're a black American, like a rapper. That's all they listen to with the music and stuff. So I realized the power of uh, of media content, and so that was the reason why I started it, um, and also to tell the stories that I wanted to tell. Like I said, I you know. I, I just believe that you always hear that we're not a monolith, which I'm so sick of hearing that theory, but um there are different dynamics and different things, and parts of who we are. Hey, uh,
0: hey Choice Man, uh your your mic is breaking up. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, there are different parts and and different dynamics to who we are as people. So um that's why I created the production company. Um and, and I'm glad I did. Um uh, you know what I've accomplished in such a short time. You know, 2011 is—I've is, um, done a lot of content through Dark Hunt Entertainment. Um, it, it's been pretty much everything that I wanted to do. I've done it. You know, like uh, with Black Lightning, Tobias's Revenge. I wanted to play a superhero. I knew that Marvel or DC wouldn't be knocking on my door anytime soon, and so uh, I just said, "Well, let me go ahead and do it." And, and I did it before the TV series. We were four years in production before CW even considered doing Black Lightning. And yeah. so two years in, we were on VFX and they announced. And so we had to rush to get it done before it. On un- the we did. <laughs> um, and um, to this day, I'm probably most proud of that next to my first uh, short film.
0: Um, I can what- see what you're saying there, too, with, with Marvel, because it's like they, uh, you know, they did Black Panther and they're like, all right, well, we did it. We did our black movie, yeah. And it's like back to uh, the 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 blonde white dude that gets like seven more films, <laughs> yeah.
1: Or or you know or they're on this different diversity thing where it's like everything now is forced and yeah. I- identity politics, which is killing it's killing them, and it, they're finally admitting it that you know just tell great stories, man. Yes, yeah. you know there was a time in the 80s, when I would go to a theater and I'd come home at 8 o'clock at night, I'd leave at 12 and come home at 8 o'clock at night because I was watching all those movies, man. You know? Yeah. Some of some of 85, some of 86. It's just like so many movies. I didn't care who, if it was a female as the lead or if it was a, a white person or a black person. or I didn't care. I just, if the stories were so good. Yeah. They were well-written and they were energetic and they were... They were inspiring, and you felt something. Yeah. I didn't care if the person was missing a leg or an eye, or if they were blinding. That was irrelevant. It was like, yo, I I want to see. You know, you saw the trailer, and you were like, oh, that looks good. You know. Yeah. And you and you saw it, and if you were like me as a kid, you went from theater to theater, man. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and you watched all those movies. You know what I mean? For the price of one, and and you sat there and enjoyed it. And, and it, it, it affected you and you you know we had to go back for repeat viewings we didn't have you know you know until it came out on vhs or it came out on laserdisc but you had to go back to the day th- i watched purple rain 10 times in the theater
0: that's amazing. I <laughs>
1: eight times in the theater you know who can say that now they they, they go yeah. back uh maybe they missed a joke or something but they'll i wait on streaming you know that's how it is now so yeah uh, that was the reason why i created the production company that's what's been happening and what's next is um i'm working actually with tony Germanario on a horror film called cicero the legend of cicero so an urban horror film that you know we need a character like how jason is black people you know you got Candyman, but we created something that this guy is, is 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 really interesting. So yeah um we're working on getting that done. Hopefully, uh if it's funded by the end of the year going into the new year, we'll shoot it. Got that, and I have another project called Big and Beautiful, um, which is about a plus size woman who falls in love with a personal trainer.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? And it's because- oh, sorry, go ahead. good.
1: No, no, yeah, I, I wrote a lot of these scripts a long time ago. It just takes time to get them off the ground.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which you meant, uh, you've got a new movie out, uh, just released this month. Uh, can you give a description? Uh, so we're talking about A New Life, by the way. I'm sorry yeah. to, to say that. Uh, can you give a, a description of the film? Like, you know, no spoilers or anything, but uh, also maybe some of your favorite aspects of the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Um well basically what the film is about it's uh a single father who um has a hard time opening up himself to new love uh and he's introduced to his school teacher his daughter's school teacher who uh opens up a new relationship for him and of course he has a hard time letting go of his past uh uh relationship cuz he lost his wife very you know uh Uh, violently to a a dramatic situation so he has a hard time moving forward to this new love and um the film was i i wrote it (laughs) i wrote this film in 2000 so it's 23 okay (laughs) 23 years old and the reason why i wrote it was first off like i said back then there wasn't much content for, for, for black actors and I wanted to see a film that showed us in a different light because at that time, they were you know it was like Boys in the Hood stuff like that you know drug the drug the drug gang movie
0: everything was like the movie Belly
1: yeah yeah and 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 I I had never saw a film with a black single father and I was like man how cool would that be and then of course years later Daddy's Little Girl came out. Um, but I had came up with the concept first but Daddy's little girl came out but it wasn't the same it wasn't dealing with a lot of the things that this film deals with a new life deals with the not just the single fatherhood as poor black man but also his dynamics of family and life it shows us loving it shows us being protective it shows us in so many different ways how he deals with um dating <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. see <laughs> a lot of those films, but not in the way that we did it or um, how you see how he deals with as a black man. How, how do we deal with uh, transgenderism? There's a scene in the film dealing with that, you know, like, OK, because everyone has a different mindset, you know. And so um, there were a lot of t- topics that I wanted to touch on and I was able to do it. You know, my first feature film was uh, called um, that I directed was called um, Wingman Inc. And uh, it was written by Tony Germanario and produced by him. And in that film, it was an ensemble piece. And I'm finding myself <laughs> constantly working on ensemble pieces. So this film had a lot of moments where there were actors doing amazing things. And so um, to answer your question, one of the favorite scenes for me of, of the film was the pregnancy scene when she's given birth, uh, because that was something I added later in the script. And um it was based on a story somebody had told me that you know they gave birth at the side of a road and i just thought that, that was so <laughs> you know like what's that like you know what i mean the chaos yeah. that goes that. so i threw that into the script and it ended up being a, one of the, the easiest nights to shoot and it was fun big shout out to daphne McGarry clark for her acting joe moton and um the lead chris rouse but most importantly janessa morgan Janessa a. Morgan, she came through with so many parts of that. But that to me was my favorite scene.
0: That's, that's awesome. That was based on a a, a true story. That's yeah. it's, oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people don't realize that, you know, a lot of times people are headed to the hospital. They don't make it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: The road.
0: It, it is one of those stories where, you know, because, you know, you've, you've heard it like, you know, or it's, I think it's, uh, it's it's it sounds like a like a urban myth type thing, but it's like no, this definitely happens. Not everybody yeah. makes it. Not everybody makes it all the way to the hospital before that baby comes out.
1: Right, right. They <laughs> a lot of money, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you save a fortune in the yeah if you do it in the back seat. Yeah. Choice, <laughs> uh, man. I have uh, one last question to ask you, man. But it's the most important question. Sure. Of the day, man. And this is how can people uh, find you, follow you watch your films, uh, check out uh, Dark On Entertainment. Um, I mean, pretty much just everything, I guess, really is the question.
1: Yeah. Well, the film is currently on all platforms, Voodoo, uh, Amazon Prime. It dropped last Friday. Um, this is our second week, doing really good, strong numbers. So we're very appreciative to anyone and everyone that's been Watching the film, supporting it, sharing it, liking it, reviewing it, which is definitely what we need. Those reviews for the algorithms, but um, they so they can find the film on all of those platforms: Amazon Prime, uh, Vudu, um, Xfinity, Cox, um, and you know you can download it from those those platforms. Uh, if they want to follow the film. They can follow the film at uh, uh, A New Life on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. So it's A New Life film, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And uh, if they want to reach me, they can reach me at uh, uh, Darkon2000, 2000, D-A-R-K-A-N-2000 2000 on Instagram, and uh, DarkonENT on Twitter, and uh, just my name, Choice James Skinner on uh, Facebook, Choice J Skinner on Facebook. They can reach me there. Uh, if they want to hit up my production company, that's D A R K A N E N T dot com, Darkon uh dot com. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. If you hit me up about projects and helping with projects, come at me with a budget. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: budget. I don't. I don't. I don't secure financing. So
0: just to just to reiterate, because uh, you said earlier, uh, people leaving revu- reviews for the film. And this is like helpful and good uh, just for people that don't know how to do that. Like just uh, ha- like how uh, how to leave a review.
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you if you download the movie and you watch the movie on the platform that you watch it on, there's always a review page. Those review pages are very important, for, especially for independent films, because a lot of times they need to know the interaction of the audience, not so much just the download. Because sometimes people will download a movie, pause it or whatever. They need to know that it was enjoyed. Um, they, 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 they heavily rely on that, um, the algorithms. And you mentioned algorithms early on. That's huge. Also, um, you can go to IMDB, which is a movie website, uh, the internet movie database, and you can put a, um, a review there. And if you're on Rotten Tomatoes, you can put a review there as well. Just go to the 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 film page and just review it, give it a whole bunch of stars. It, it helps tremendously.
0: Hell yeah, yeah, guys. Uh, just take the time, man. If you watch the movie, you and enjoy it. Just take the. I mean, you, you don't have to spend all day doing it. I mean, even even five minutes. You know, just leave it. You know, take sit down and write what you thought. And it's you know, it's super helpful. And especially, yeah, like support your independent films by you know getting this algorithm to push it to the top.
1: <laughs> absolutely we've been doing as well we've been doing a pay it forward program those those seem to be very 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 popular now um you know so we had a couple of the uh the cast members uh you know buy some downloads so uh, there's a couple of them out there if you hit them up they will if you can't afford to download the film they they have some of those uh pay it forward type things going on so oh, cool. uh, it's definitely a film man that that i believe everybody should see you know it, it's not just made for the black community but it's made for everyone it's, it's all about helping people to move forward and to let go you know very okay. important awesome
0: choice man uh thank you so much for being on the podcast today dude. doug i enjoyed you
1: tremendously man and just uh, you know one of the things like i said i'm always honored when people ask me to be on the show or to, to to do an interview or anything because um you, you learn a lot more about yourself, but you also learn about you know the interviewer and just seeing like you're a really cool cat, man. We're very similar in a lot of ways. Like I didn't know that you know you was a martial artist, and just in conversation, I'm hearing all of this. It's awesome.
0: Well, I mean, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not on your level, man. But I am i a, a, I'm an enthusiast and an amateur would be well, how I would describe yeah. myself. Well, you, what are you doing? BJJ. Uh, my favorite martial art is uh Muay Thai. Okay. Uh. I did a I did a lot of uh, Aikido when I was young. Yes. But but I got dis uh disenchanted with it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then like you, I've got some karate in there and then just uh just traditional wrestling. So I don't really have any of the jujitsu shit, but I think uh I think they're very similar yes. I and mean, they're both wrestling as far as yeah. I can as far as I can tell by watching. <laughs> the ground, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, get in, get in the gi and roll a little bit, man. You'll enjoy it. I did it for five years. Um, be careful because you know you always got the the weekend warrior that comes in there. And he's got the 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 hard week behind him, and he throws it in on you. So, and, yeah, uh, you know, just just but yeah, you're like me, man. You're more of a stand up guy. You want to you know do the striking Muay Thai is is intense, man. It's intense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, the thing is, like every Everybody I know that's a that's a, a jujitsu guy is like, no nah, man, you gotta you gotta do this, you gotta do this. You gotta, I've been putting it off, putting it off. You know, I think I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get in the get in there, give it a shot. See, yeah, see what I see couple, what I think about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> roll a couple of times. I mean, I I got I got very proficient with it um, because that's how I defended myself a long time before I even learned martial arts. I I just hold guys to stop them from hitting me.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, Well, uh, Choice, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. And I hope you have a great weekend.
1: I will. I will. You too. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.